You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Hey, everybody, check out the Break the Bell podcast, where we believe your voice is your most powerful weapon. For a weekly dose of our take on what's going on in the world mixed with a side of history, find us wherever podcasts are found or on social media handle at Break the Bell Pod. And most importantly, never stop talking. Prepare yourself. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. There's that scene in the movie Red Dawn where you've got the the Soviet soldiers that are pulling up on this little ridge in Colorado and they go over to like this little, uh, you know, state park sign telling you about this little Indian battle that took place. And you've got the one Soviet soldier there and uh, apparently he speaks English. So he's basically making up this story because he doesn't know how to really read it about this giant battle that took place. And I don't remember the full context. He must have said that spaceships were fighting Indians or something. Bottom line, what we're reading on that plaque is different from what he's telling his friends. And, uh, you know, then you've got Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen and the others. They jump out of nowhere and they, they take down these Soviets and then they start just screaming, Wolverines! And I remember that moment. And uh, if there ever was a, a single scene in a movie that has been popping up in my head recently that really explains what's been going on in the world the past couple of weeks, it, it's that scene. You've got, you've got the truth. You've got the evidence. You've got everything laid out there. Any, any person of common sense can see it. And then you've got the media, the Soviet soldiers coming in, looking at it, and they're just bullshitting. And, and they're just making it up. And then you've got the rest of us, scrappy, hungry, feisty, coming in and trying to kick ass where we can. But ultimately, we don't know how the film ends. Not to spoil it too much, it's been like, you know, many, many decades now. But uh, you don't know what happens to the Wolverines. You don't know what happens to free America. It's up to you to imagine what would happen in a world where suddenly you're on the outcast side of things. Today, we've got Ken LaCourte joining the show. Ken, how's it going? Well, let me just say I'm I'm glad you referenced uh, uh, Red Dawn One and not the remake because that we don't talk about the remake here. <laughs> I'm doing uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Well, well, Ken, just to kind of jump right into it, I wanted to bring you on. I've been a fan of Lacourt News and the Media Action Network for some time now. I'm glad that we were able to connect uh, in in the midst of 2020 when everyone thought that that was going to be the strangest year, and it just seems like you know we're on like December 38th of 2020 right now. <laughs> we have exactly. we're we're recording right now prior to the inauguration um with everything that, that you've been doing since you left fox uh so so many years ago you, you've been attacked by the new york times your articles are incapable of being uploaded to facebook um wh- when it comes to trying to be a true and authentic journalist in this crazy world especially with what amazon twitter everybody has done. It seems like they all just came together like something out of the Legion of Doom. And they said, look, uh, the, these people, all these people, all these platforms, that that president over there, we're tired of them just pissing us off. 
Um, it, it seems like there was ever a time to think, huh, is this really worth it? That that time is now. And as you've you know had to reevaluate things and you're looking at how can you do your job going forward, what does the landscape look like? Because for people like me, outside observers, we're looking at this and that's like, this is this is a scary fucking time, man. Look, we've seen the destruction of what people used to call the fourth estate. It was it was revered to a to a to a point where literally people in America, even though look, the press has, has leaned. I'm 55 years old. The press has always leaned to the left, but it didn't implode it, it, until the last handful of years. I think it probably started about six or seven years ago, where you really saw it going south. And 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 the media has really changed its 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 role in America. I mean, it, it used to be. I mean, look, politicians all lie, right? For the most part, you give any politician a little freedom, he's going to pad his or her resume, make the other guy look worse than him, and make himself look better. And we always turn to the press as as the referees. And 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 again, they for the most part they leaned left. I, I worked at Fox for twenty years, and 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 we 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 were a balance to that. You know, we leaned fifteen degrees to the right. CNN leaned, leaned fifteen degrees, twenty degrees to the left. MSNBC leaned uh, thirty degrees to the left. But everybody lost their shit in the past in the past five or six years. And 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 the first thing is saying, well, well, why did that happen? And 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 is it going to reverse itself? Um, you know, I did a lot of research into figuring figuring out well, what did happen. How, how did we go? You know, and it used to be this way: late 1800s, early 19, 1900s. It was the the era of the yellow journalism and and the crazy partisan press. And we saw that in America, and we saw the, the the young kids with the sandwich boards on the street of New York shouting off their headline, and whoever had the most salacious headline sold the most amount of of newspapers that that day. And as you as a, as a digital guy, that might start to sound familiar, right? It's like that was clickbait of the day. Well, now it's it's not that every every newspaper has a, a, a their daily clickbait a headline on it. It's literally every single article got to that. So we saw in the last five or six years as the internet brought the financial incentives into into finding a hardcore audience, into not just having a nuanced and fine headline, but something that was Donald Trump is the, you know, an insert either worst or best president in our lifetime. And that's what what got people on their sides. You throw the because otherwise, if you don't have that good, that good headline that that's going to that's gonna gonna get catch some virality and be shared on Twitter and 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 Facebook and all all of the other sites, you didn't make money. And and we've seen in the last handful of years, a number of, of uh, we've seen that grow kind of exponentially. And we've also seen what the news outlets went from having a lot of comfortable monopolies into not. I mean, the LA Times is a, it was a pretty good monopoly. Same with the New York Times. I guess there'd be a duopoly or, or three in, in New York City. Most, most cities had a major newspaper that kind of had its thing. There was a time where CNN was a monopoly. They didn't have to be too crazed because they were the only 24-7 cable on there. It wasn't until competition where they started really kind of going hardcore after these audiences. So the, the unfortunate thing is is... Well, I mean, so so that then led to a person like Donald Trump being able to to I mean, he never would have been able to come to power with a with a different media system. Oh, um, the man um, was living clickbait. Is living yeah. clickbait. And, and look, he ran for he ran for office a couple times, right? I mean, he ran. You know, he took a couple stabs at it and just never caught fire. He figured out how to use this system. He figured out to okay, if the answer is X, I'm going to say X plus twenty percent. 
then the media is going to say, oh my God, he just said X plus 60% and beat the crap out of him. And my view and my, my audience, my, 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 you know, my base is going to be cool with that. And we, and we saw him from the day he came down on the escalator announcing his presidency, where he said something that was verboten in, in political politics, uh, in, that, in, uh, in American politics at that time. He said he, he criticized illegal aliens. He said they had to go back. He said that a lot of them were murderers and rapists and, and I'm sure some good people. And it, it, it worked exactly perfect for him because what did the media do? They went, oh my God, he said that every Mexican in the world was a rapist, which he didn't. And so the, the reasonable GOP voters were like, well, that's not what he said. He said that they were sending us a lot of that. And you know what? That's true. And, and he was the perfect Donald Trump moment because both parties had abdicated America at that point. The Democrats, they loved illegals because they knew illegals are someday going to get to vote. And if, if they have their, their druthers, they're going to vote Democratic. Republicans, you know, they were so afraid of being called racist. And, oh, my gosh, you can't ever say anything bad about, uh, about a person with a Latino last name. And then you throw in a little bit of, and we got cheap labor coming in. Both parties had kind of sold out America where America's like, hey, I'm not racist, but let's at least check who's coming in and who's out. And, and that was that Donald Trump moment kind of defined the media of our generation. And, and since then they've just gone complete and utterly to crap as, as, as 80% of the media decided that they had to stop the next Hitler and, and the conservative guys popping up on the right and, and defending him vociferously and intellectual honesty kind of went out the doors on, on both sides of that. And right now, when you, when, when a person says, who do I trust online? It's a short list. It's it's uh it's it, we're not in a good position and and of saying like who do I trust on the political landscape when they say what was in that box of ballots under under that table? Do you trust CBS, NBC, MSNBC, CNN because we know what they're saying? Do you trust the 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 you know do you trust OAN because they're going to say whatever Donald Trump says? I mean it's it it gets tricky these days. I. I remember in 2016, this was my first stab at attempting to try and see whether or not I wanted to become a journalist. I was at Newsbusters at the Media Research Center. And even back then, and this is this is like still during the primaries of 2016, even back then, a lot of my very conservative colleagues who were young up and coming reporters and commentators and such, even they could say amongst each other, you know, I really kind of like Anderson Cooper. Back then, you could even say you like Don right. Lemon and stuff right. like that. And, right. and now the idea of saying that out loud, it's uh, it's not only ridiculous, but it's just one of those things that people can't wrap their minds around anymore. Because the Don Lemon, even four or five years ago, is so completely different than the one now. And the same could be said for Anderson Cooper. I used to think that, you know, despite the fact that they had an obvious bias, they still pretty much cut pretty evenly in the middle. I remember uh, defending Anderson Cooper at a, at a debate watch party when I was in college because people said, Oh, he's lobbing softball questions. I'm like, really? He just threw some of the harshest questions towards Hillary Clinton right now. And uh, yeah, you know, you, you might, you might be an O'Malley guy or something, but like he, he seems to be pretty even. And now the idea of them ever doing that again, the fact that you've got Brian Stelter basically saying, you know, we, we shouldn't go as hard on Joe Biden because we, we need to do what's better for the country. We're going to, we're going to be easier on him and stuff like that. It's like, you know, that you could say that in your head, but now you're saying that out loud. And now it's at the point where, there, there, there really is no area where people can actually go and try and get 
objective news and reporting. And my biggest criticism of a, of a lot of the legacy sites, you know, a lot of the legacy publishers, New York Times, Washington Post, uh, they virtually have no actual investigative reporters anymore. They found that it's not worth the money and it's not worth the time. The Afghanistan Papers, I still believe, uh, was the story of 2019 and should have been treated better, except we were in the middle of the impeachment and everything else. So, you know, a five, six year long investigation, getting um, statements, uncovering <laughs> documents, talking about the failure of that is the, the war in Afghanistan. That was memory hold in like five minutes. And I don't right. know what happened to those people since. Well, then what happened was was Trump bashed some of the generals there. And then they were like, well, I guess those generals were good after all. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> it was it was the book that came from the uh, the Washington uh, the Washington Post report is the uh, stable genius where where one of the greatest scenes in that book because because I've I've been around people who are kind of those that crazy type of of, of that crazy type of 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 actions that 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 look from a normal person to be insane but then work. You know, I mean, and and Trump Trump did a number of those things. Whether it was, whether it was calling the North Korean dictator a fat kid, whether it was, uh, you know, I mean, he would often do just kind of crazy stuff, and then it would have the effect that he wanted. And and, and there was a great scene in in the uh, in that book about where he was upbraiding the generals because they were going to explain to him and get him in onto 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 why we had to stay in these wars. And you know, we're going on 20, 20 years still being on the ground in Afghanistan, and it's fair to say. What? The war in Afghanistan can now legally drive, drink, and rent a car. That's how old it is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like I've got I've got kids who are or who are that age, and 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 they've not lived in America, not being under a continual set of not not being under continual war. So, but but anyhow, back to the back to the other. It's like look, we've we've completely uh, the, the other thing that's that to me is is even scarier in the process is a. a I'm I'm not sure if it's it's the fact that the New York Times and and some of these others don't have the the ability to put investigative journalism in. I you know that's an expensive proposition. It's it's not a good risk, a return on your money, so to speak, uh, from from a, from a business point of view. The larger issue, though, is that they 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 just stop being honest. I mean, Trump now Trump always calls it fake news, and then then they they, they go crazy and say, well, we're not lying, we're not lying, but it's it's all a matter of well, when is a lie a lie? If if Fox News reported that uh, that um, Pete Buttigieg gave a a speech to a gay audience while he was wearing his underwear and socks, is that a lie or is that true? And and if you just didn't mention the fact that he was wearing a suit, a jacket, a tie, a pants, and shoes, those are still true true statements. And and we literally now have and, and the New York Times is. 100% culpable for this when it's a story on either politics or or anything about the culture of America they will be that dishonest they'll do it in a way that you can't sue them because I've talked to a number of, of of libel experts on on a story they did against me but they would do the exact same thing I mean literally like like on a story that they were trying to show that I was an asshole they said um, you know we had a you know we had a corporation that that, that ran 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 our news division and on that corporate page we had you know my name phone number to the office a uh, um, um, links to our social media stuff an email that went right into my box our our, our po box uh, address on there and they got that and said this company is a company whose only known address is a po box just ignoring all of this other things i mean so they've got that level of dishonesty 
And at that point, it doesn't matter how many investigative reporters you have. If 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 you're not at least trying to prevent pre- present, a, a, we coined it at Fox, a fair and balanced view of of the story you're no good. You're, you are now an activist. And I talked earlier about how they went from being the, the referees to being political players. And when they're political players, you have to treat and, 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 and listen to them as such. And every, for the most part, 95% of the media out there are now political players trying to convince you of something as opposed to try to shed light on things. Yeah. W- one of the things that really, Really, I don't want to say I was surprised. I'll say I was disappointed. This is while I was working at the Washington Times, uh, which I, I still, you know, I, it's been almost uh, seven months now, and I, I still will say that that was one of the greatest working experiences for my personal and professional development mm-hmm. in my life. I love the people there, but you know, I got to meet and network with a lot of folks, at a lot of different uh, outlets and publications, and, and the one thing that shocked me partially was, you know, what, what you said about them trying to be political agents in a sense. It, it What bothered me was for a lot of the younger people, and I feel weird saying that now since now I'm in my late 20s, uh, I feel like I'm dying. But, you know, you had a lot of people that Funny, were- I view you as an infant, but go ahead. <laughs> I, uh, I I knew a lot of reporters that really wanted to be commentators. Like they would do their job, then they'd go on Twitter and they'd be commentators. Right. Then right. what you have is you have a lot of commentators that are clearly pundits, but they're trying to make themselves seem like reporters. So just right there, it becomes a very messy, incestuous, not not good environment to try and get people to to do what they're actually meant to do. And, um, you know, the, the thing that really bothered me, I won't say the name of the outlet because I still get along with a lot of the people there. Um, so I do want to maintain some good faith, but, you know, I knew a handful of reporters before impeachment, before COVID every, anything back when you actually could still go out and report a story. I, um, I I knew somebody that was doing a a Capitol Hill beat and I asked them, when was the last time you actually walked into the cannon building or you actually walked into the Capitol, but when was the last time you actually sat down Mm -hmm. with a person for an interview or actually went to go? me the source. And uh, they told me that in the three years they had been working at that place, they had never done that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, you know, I, all I have to do is see what's trending. And then I go to a couple <laughs> other places and I just right. do the rewrite. And uh, then I get a bunch of clicks forward and I get my shiny blue check mark on Twitter. And I just looked at him and I'm like, then what is that? Then you're a glorified blogger at this point. But his priority wasn't being a good reporter. His priority was trying to grow his name brand so then maybe he could leave and either become a pundit or go work on somebody's campaign. Look, we have a whole new generation and that new generation has kind of taken over, right? And 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 I talk about the New York Times a lot because I, I used to love the New York Times and and they were- I, I think was, everyone had like a romantic view of them at some point. In their yeah, lives. I mean, look, I've never bitched about, about like Huff, Huffington Post it's like, yeah, I got it. You're, you're lefties. You're, you got your own thing. And when they come out and do their stupid stuff, yeah, you, okay, go ahead, run around. It's fine. It's cool. I, if you're, if you're, if you're in that world, but to see the the failure of 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 a news organization in the New York Times that that was the gold standard through most of my life. And they had, you know, you knew when you hit to a New York Times story, you were going to get the smartest quotes. You were going to get somebody who wrote that article wasn't what you just described. It was going to be somebody who, if they were writing something on solar energy, 
this guy knew stuff about solar energy and the history of it and how it may how it works and had had contacts there and you could just tell smart writing and and the, and the and the people that they would bring into the stories were relevant to it and not just oh we need somebody to say this sucks or this is great and and, and you know and and it, and to an extent that 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 newspaper still does that on 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 things you know that I, I still like parts of it just nothing about politics the government news of the day or anything anything like that yeah, and the so stuff I read from them is never going to be on the front cover these days. Yeah, but but it's like you know, if, if you find a you know, if if you're like trying to figure out how to cook a flank steak in your iron skillet, and you and you stumble on a New York Times story, it's going to be a good story. But but that's why I I hit them so much because it, it's like watching the destruction of something that was that was great. And you know, I talked about earlier about about the uh, about the days of yellow journalism. What makes it even more sucky is is the New York Times was 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 one of the reasons and and one of the the out the prime outlets that got us out of that. I mean, it was literally Adolph Oaks in the in the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds bought a a New York Times the, the New York Times, which was one of many newspapers on the streets of New York back then, and made a conscious decision to it's like we're gonna we're gonna tack the other way. Everyone is going for clickbait. Everyone's going for wild. Everyone's going for finger pointing and and this is our guy. This is our 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 cause, and we're going to be. We're we're going to be the the you know all the news that's fit to print. We're not going to take sides. We're gonna we're gonna try to be as fair and smart as possible. And he created something that was wonderful, and it lasted for, you know, about 170 years before. No, I'm sorry, about about well, however many years. Uh, don't make me do math right now. But but I'm a it, numbers that, impaired American, so I can't. Yes, yeah, so I went there. from uh, from 1910. So so we'll say a little over 100 years until then. They just two million. Gotcha. Jumped into the clickbait the the clickbait game as as well, and that's why it's I, I talk about them so much because it's the most disappointing fall that we've seen. But we all have to realize now we're in a new era. Uh, we're in a new era of news. We're in a partisan era of news. And, and what does that mean? How do we deal with that? How do we as consumers deal with it? How do, how do the politicians do with it? How, do, how does America deal with it? And, and, and look, this has been the case in other countries. I used to run political campaigns years ago. And all right, so you're in, you're in Guatemala. All right. Well, you know that, that Notasias is run by the Javier family, right? And, and it's like, okay, everybody kind of got it. And this channel over here was run by the Kennedys. And that one over there, that the, the channel six was run by the equivalent of the Bush family. And so people kind of understood it and you picked your poison and all that. But New York, uh, America has transitioned into a, a relatively good leaning left press into partisan press over a pretty quick period of time. And the bad news for conservatives is that is that that didn't flush out 50-50. That's flushed out 85-15 or 90-10 on the Democratic side. And so as a Republican, you you know, many and 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 Trump helped open a lot of people's eyes. But you know, people used to believe the New York Times and they used to believe NBC and and it's and and we're in a weird shifting pattern right now. And and my goal in for the last you know the next fifteen years of my life until I'm drinking mint juleps in the retirement home is to try to balance that media off because until we at least have a balance, we've got a partisan press still pretending to be the referees in the game, but not at all, and it's and it's way tilted to one political side, and and that 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 screws up the country. 
And, and I think what you're doing right now, d- despite the overwhelming challenges, is is really key for that spirit of authentic journalism. And the one thing that does kind of bother me, and this used to be something I was really excited about, you know, as a as as a child of the internet era and everything else, the opportunity to you know self fund yourself, go fund yourself, go independent, it exists now more so than ever before. But uh, you know, I was really excited when uh, Matt Taibbi from Rolling stone went and he was going to do his own thing at Substack, and then uh glenn greenwald uh left the intercept because of all the problems there now he's doing that and i look at that and i'm like good now they could be their true authentic selves however while i understand that with um with glenn at the intercept there were many issues with the editorial board there there is one benefit to having other people with you that can point out your blind spots and give the needed opposition sometimes. So I believe that in his situation, it was a bit egregious. Absolutely. But I think what he's doing right now comes at a cost because now it's him. Now he doesn't have from, from an outsider looking in, I could be completely wrong, but let's just look at it this way. Now he doesn't have that backpedal. Now he doesn't have that person kind of pointing out. He doesn't his, have an editor. Yeah. I mean, that, that, um, that itself is not a virtue. And I think yeah, some uh, people are look, looking at a, this and they're a, like, eh, a, what's going on? Yeah. He's look, he's a, he's a brilliant guy. Um, very, you know, very liberal guy. Um, I, I don't think he and I would vote for a whole lot of the same candidates. I don't think we, we look I don't, at, I don't think he hates the half the country. I'll put it that way. That's no, why, he, that's why he, I like, like he, Tulsi Gabbard, because it's like, you know, we disagree, but I don't think she genuinely hates me. I think, yeah. I think the people at the intercept now, I think they genuinely like hate half the country. Yeah, no, completely agree with that. I mean, look, the, the thing that stuck out with, with Matt, uh, not Matt, um, um, Glenn, and, and and to an extent, Matt, is is he's honest and and he actually calls a spade a spade. I mean, he's not like, oh my gosh, Donald Trump is wonderful. I'm, you know, it's like he hates him, but he hates what we and we haven't even touched on this yet. And 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 to me, this is the biggest problem that we have going on in America is is the concept of if 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 you can't beat somebody in the political arena, shut him up. And and whether we call it cancel culture, whether we call it uh, a lot of things. The, the concept that half of America and, and that one political point of view have taken the concept of censorship as a full-blown political weapon and have no problem with wielding that weapon anytime they can, that's a big problem. And, and, and he, time after time, would, 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 would see that pop against that, see also the way that the government often colluded with that. You know, you get the the current and retired NSA, CIA, FBI guys who spin things a certain way. And he'd been calling that for years. And 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 he's right. And and but again it he's also a, an intellectually honest guy and you're just seeing less and less of that around. Yeah. And I mean for him, for Taibi, they could do that. And people are willing to pay for that. Uh, for a lot of up and comers, like I tried to do this for myself for a year and then I realized it's time to go get a job. And, uh, you know, l- luckily I, w- I wound up in the right place to do that. But, you know, I, well, look, it's, a- it's hard. And, and and look, Glenn's Glenn's living down in Brazil. So I, I'm thinking his 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 monthly Just living is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking his monthly monthly nut isn't all that that uh, isn't all that bad. He's his uh, his husband's a, uh, a legislator there and they probably don't make a whole lot of money. But and and you're right. Everybody can use an editor. I mean, there's a reason why the reporter editor 
kind of kind of thing evolved over, over over years. But you know, the other thing is though, it's like if if you don't toe the liberal line, you're killed if if they can. I mean, I mean, when I got out of of Fox, and and I was look, I was a tight Roger Ailes guy. Roger Ailes was like my second father. I, I got my first real job in my life at age 22 in 1987, working for Roger. He was my mentor. I love him. Um, he got bounced out of Fox. They 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 ejected me a, a few months later, just because they killed a lot of the internal. I, you know, there was no, there was nothing more than you're making too much money. You were close to Roger. Get out. Um, and, and I really saw this and I did my best for a good year, two years of saying, I, you know, I'm seeing this media craziness. Let me try to, let me try to pull from the left. Let me try to pull from the right. Let me give that, that New York time circa 1910 thing a try. And, and I pulled my former, my former boss from Fox news who ran all the editorial there, John Moody, he was working with me. I pulled in a guy from uh, from NPR who would uh, who had, had run their news division for a while, and we tried to make that work. People, as much as everybody says, "Oh, I hate the left, the far right, and the far left," you know, we couldn't we 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 couldn't make a go of that well because it was still like you have a, a calm and reasonable headline, and nobody clicks on it. Um, and then the New York Times and the others just killed me for being a Fox guy who they said was doing stupid things because I had an overseas, two overseas writers. And, and that may, they literally said, you know, I was a Russian troll is, is, is kind of what they implied. And so that middle ground is, you know, we're going to still want people to find that ground. I couldn't do it. And I came to the conclusion of, of you know, we need to at least balance the left and right before we can move on to kind of filling out this this new media landscape because we're in a brand new world and 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 I don't think it's changing in the next five, 10 years. No, and I mean that's what absolutely terrifies me because you know I, I'm at the point now where it's like I'm trying I'm I'm I already made the announcement. I'm leaving the beltway. Uh you know I I've grown up here. I loved it here. You know, two airports and a bunch of bars. It's a convenient <laughs> place to live. Where are you going? Like, uh I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not give saying a region. Out. Come on. Uh, uh, not the East coast, not the West coast. You're maybe not, e- maybe not even the United States. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out because they have sucked all the joy out of here. Just from the pandemic alone, they've sucked all the joy of living here. Even before that, it was becoming just such a, you know, I, I, I used to joke, oh yeah, I basically live in, in, in an episode of House of Cards. Then it started turning that way. Right. It's like, right. you know, I, I wanted to change politics. So I got, in, I got involved in politics. I wanted to change media. I got involved in media. I wanted to change free speech online. I got in, involved in social media. And now it's like, you know, I used to ha- I used to be able to get lunch with somebody from the Washington Post or from BuzzFeed or Vice. And now now those people don't talk to me. And now it's like it's no longer that you have a wrong opinion. Now it's you can't talk. And I mean, let's just look at us. Right. 29,000 followers on Parler. You had around 27 for your own account. I don't remember what it was for the Media Action Network account, but that was like the only social media site that you were still able to be on. I know that you've got Twitter and other stuff, but that was, that was big for you. And I remember talking to you about that. And now, you know, at the time of recording, I don't know what's going on. I've made the statement. I'll talk to them. I don't know what's going on. I'm doing my thing. They're doing their thing. Wish them the best of luck because I'd like my platform back. Mm-hmm. But now it's, you, you can't even, you're not allowed to, it's one thing you can't speak. Now you can't even be heard. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, we we've been hearing for years. It's like 
Okay, well, if you don't like it, Twitter's a private company, right? And just go make your own other other place. Now, of course, you can't say that if you're a baker and somebody wants you to make a gay cake and you're a Christian, you don't want to make a gay cake, then then you have to bake that guy's cake. In any event, but make but, the cake, but, bake it. Bake it or go out of business. And, and and that's what the government said. All right. Well, but you can so you can't you can't do that, but you can kill off any conservative you want on your on your Facebook or or your Twitter pages. But we've always heard, well, go start your own site. Well, and, and then these guys at Parler did. And literally within 24 hours, we saw a trifecta of Google, Apple, and Amazon take them offline. Google taking them out of the Play Store, Apple taking them out of the Play Store, meaning you can't, you can't download it at all. At least Google, there's a workaround on, 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 uh, on, on those phones. And, and then the coup de grace was, of course, you know, Amazon, the world's biggest supplier, not only of crap you can buy online, but of, 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 of server space where, where computers come from, giving them a 24-hour heads up to completely change your business model or we're going to pull the plug on you. For the notorious, for the bullshit reason of well, the the DC stuff, people were plotting it on 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 that. I mean, they were plotting it on your site. Well, first of all, turns out that wasn't true. They were doing it on Twitter and. and it's Facebook. like it's like saying Facebook was responsible for burning every major city last year for seven months. Yes, uh, that's how uh, ridiculous it sounds. It was it was it was crazy, and and you know I'm kind of glad. Look. Parler's going to figure this this stuff out, right? All right, they're going to they're going to be able to get servers up now. Their their slower thing will be able to will. I mean, you know, there's a lot of behind the scenes uh, uh, players in the in the getting information out to people world, and I, and I'm more I, I believe that the financial services are actually a bigger choke point than others. Um, that um, that right there is what terrifies me because I always said yeah. like the final like the final phase before like death camps and reeducation camps is debanking because everyone thought that it was bad when you couldn't get access to your Facebook. Imagine what happens when you don't have access to checking, savings accounts, money markets, lines to credit, and loans. Right, or 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 in the short term, and what we're experiencing right now is you can't go to this website because because Stripe said you couldn't, or because MasterCard, which runs a lot of the online banking remuneration back to sites, decided that you're a bad person. And, and it's like, okay, that's a way that you just you just kill voices out there. Um, you know, look, one of the, so, so just flashing forward to a lot of stuff, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of done with the news business and I'm going back into, back into like, the advocacy concept of, of balancing off the media and a huge part of that, a huge part of that. I mean, you know, there's the exposing the New York times who are still pretending like they're, they're, they're being honest and they're bullshit. There is the protecting the guys who, you know, said something like, Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe black lives matter. Isn't the, the best. Oh my God. Perfect people in the world. And, and you get fired from your job. I think we need to, to backstop those guys, but the long-term goal here is we need to build up a, a enough of the internet on the right to allow a free exchange of voices and to at least allow conservatives to have a voice there. And that's and and so so that's why like Parler and Gab are so important. Okay, it's a Twitter alternative. Let let's at least let that live. Uh, another one that I've been dealing with recently is um, a company called Give Send Go, which is a an online fundraising thing. You, you mentioned that to me the other day, and I gotta be honest, I had no clue they had ever existed. So, so look, they're they're basically the the Christian leaning conservative site of GoFundMe, because because GoFundMe up if they don't like you and and you 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 
you know, you have a fundraiser that violates their, their sensibilities, they yank you. And, and, you know, you look at a guy like Kyle Rittenhouse was trying to raise his, uh, his legal defense fund there. They raised a couple hundred thousand dollars, got the plug pulled out. You've, you've seen that a handful of times. So give, send, go was actually, it was like a family business. It, they, they really, they really constant, they were, they were, they're big into Christianity. That was their, that is their thing. And they're starting to become kind of the conservative alternative. Well, this week, PayPal yanked out from them because, because you know, for the obvious reasons. Now they're getting some grumbling, some Stripe, which, which behind the scenes is a, is a much scarier thing. And again, MasterCard is, is kind of the key in some of these banking things. And, and that's their way to kill you. And it's like, if, if, if those services come out, I mean, you, you, you describe the ultimate, oh my God, situation as you're Republican, you can't keep money at Bank of America or whatever that might be. But, but this is a way to squelch thought, to, to crack, to move the Overton window so it's from far left to medium left. And anybody to the right of that has been branded a, a something bad and, and you can't hear them. That's a scary concept. That's how, that's how, I mean, that, 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 that changes big game thoughts and, 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 you know, conservatives are going to fight. I mean, we're going to have to have fights over content distribution networks. We're gonna have to have fights over, over ESPs, uh, uh, you know, that, that get out the, 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 uh, the emails that you have. I mean, I've, I've had my, e- my email, MailChimp, biggest email provider in the world, I think, um, you know, unceremoniously because we had a link to a page that they said was verboten, literally stopped me from reaching my 100,000 people that we sent a morning email out to and banning my account in, in a heartbeat. Until what, we could what were you sending out though? Like uh, the ISIS newsletter or something? Yeah, yeah, it was exactly that. No, so so literally, so remember when those seven, uh, those seven uh, doctors did a Capitol Hill press conference and they were like, we like hydrocloxychloroquine and we think this and we think that. And everybody freaked out. Oh yeah, out it feels like they, a million years ago. Yeah, it's everybody August. Fre- everybody freaked out. <laughs> you know what? It was July. You're right. Oh God! <laughs> and everybody freaked out because they didn't they didn't go by the 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 orthodox line. And 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 it, I wrote this very cool piece talking about oh God, what was the guy's name? I, I think it was his his last name was Semmelweis. He was a he was a doctor in the 1800s who was who basically said, you know, we've been experimenting. A lot of women die in childbirth because of this fever, and if the doctors and deliverers wash their hands beforehand they live. And, and even had a, a hospital that he implemented this in. And, and, and the numbers were clear. It was like, they didn't understand germ theory. They didn't understand what was going on. But it was like, if you guys just wash your hands, we're going to save a lot of women's lives who are dying now in childbirth. And basically, they said, you're a Jew and get out. And they <laughs> drove him, they, they drove him out of out of the medical industry. And he literally died in an insane asylum. And a lot of it was because he just couldn't get past that. So I was, I was writing a piece up and I'm like, these seven people did it. And, and, and here was their website, which is what you'll notice has been taken down because I think it was Squarespace said, Oh my God, you can't think that way. And, and took down their site. And I was like, we need to listen to the alternative voices sometimes in, in, in medicine, because sometimes those alternative voices are hundred percent right. And that's how, that's how, you you expand human knowledge by by somebody thinking differently, doing things differently, and being right. And I'll never forget this was one of my first newsletters, and I wrote, and it was a very cool piece, and it was like talking about this Semmelweis guy and all all this stuff. And people should look him up on on on, on Wikipedia. Uh, another problem, child. <laughs> and and I I hit it out, and and my tech guy's like, hey, I just got an email that we were banned from Mailchimp. 
<laughs> it was oh like, you know, it, it was because I'd put the the link out to the doctors without borders or whatever they're, you know, doctors who think differently thing. And, and these guys had gone into an agreement with the WHO to stop the, the spread of misinformation. It was literally something like that. And it happened again later. And it was like, holy crap, this, and, and look, every YouTuber will tell you, you know, that YouTube is looking for specific words. They're looking for specific words that you might have on screen. And if you say the wrong thing, you first get demonetized. Oh, it's a panopticon at this point. Which if that's your job, you don't want to get demonetized. And, and it's like, and, and it's like, you know, 19, the book 1984 wasn't supposed to be a, a guide on how to do it. It was supposed to be a dystopian novel. And, and, and this stuff's just, just crazy. And it's, and it's every single, I mean, look at the recent Trump stuff. It was, I mean, the purge that we had last week was amazing. I mean, Trump's uh, uh, couldn't, couldn't send emails to his supporters because, because his email service company killed him. He couldn't, he couldn't bring in dollars because, and I forget whether it was Stripe or who pulled him off onto that. Oh, he was, it was pulled Stripe, off. It was Shopify. It was PayPal. Shopify, Shopify didn't just hit him. Anybody in America on their website who used their service to sell Trump paraphernalia woke up to 404 errors. I, I have at least like two or three clients right now who are small businesses who sold like pro-American apparel who have to find a new way to set up their e-commerce uh, capability because they they got kicked off of PayPal. They got kicked off of Shopify. Basically, their entire business model has to be restructured. They're all, I think the only way you could buy T-shirts now is buy like Venmo, Bitcoin, and checks. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta send a Bitcoin to buy my T-shirt. Look, yeah. the good news is they, they, they were so excited that I mean, I mean, the 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 scarier way was the way they've been doing for the past two years, which is the proverbial frog in a in a in a in a in a bowl that you heat over water until until it boils to death because you just increased it a, a little bit of a time. And, and we were seeing that in America and, 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 you know, it's like, yeah, okay, I get it. Get rid of the ISIS off of Twitter. All right. Yeah. Get rid of the Nazis while you're at it. Okay. Well, Alex Jones. Uh, yeah. He lies a lot. Okay. Okay. Well, Milo Yiannopoulos, he, he said feminism was cancer. So yeah. And, and now it's like the president of the United States and anybody who doesn't think like us, the fact that, 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 Literally the day after, like like they saw that that Republicans would have no power in in the federal government. You know, they they lost the Senate. They were so eager to hit that ban button that they all did it at the same time. And and I think that that was a terrific, another wake up call to both consumers who are like, what the fuck? I mean, you know, I mean, it's like, oh, Trump might go over to Parler, so Parler's. Be I mean, look, I can get the craziest kind of porn on Reddit's app on the Apple Store. I mean, you want to see rape porn, it's there. You want to see how to how to become a prostitute and and be a sugar girl or what is it, sugar baby and how much to charge people, it's there. You want to see, I mean, the craziest shit is still there, but 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 you know, not not anything that's that's conservative. So the fact that they kind of did it so quickly certainly opened up a lot of consumers eyes. This time around, I think that there's a, enough billionaires and people who invest in there saying, okay, this concept of a parallel universe in the, in the dot-com world, the concept of a server farm that's not going to take you down if, if some asshole has, a, has a, a, a white supremacist or black supremacist or whatever that is website, the concept of, we, you know, I mean, give, send, go, 
needs to be the alternative to 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 GoFundMe. And and so so I, you know I am I am hopeful and I'm encouraged by some by by a number of things that they they overreached enough that that we're going to see the creation of 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 an internet on that nuts and bolts ground that will allow the parlors and the gabs and the and the remsos to to thrive as opposed to be in our in a, you know banned out of existence because because it's it's gotten enough. Absolutely. From your mouth to God's ears. Ken, I know you got to get going. It's been a, it's been an amazing conversation. I got to have you back on again soon. If people want to connect with you, sign for your newsletter, see the stories that you and your team are putting out. How could they do so? It is, it is mediaactionnetwork.com. I hope you put that link up somewhere, please. Absolutely. Everything will be in the show notes today. Folks. And, and, and look, all we are at, at this point, it's like, all I'm, I am, is about three things. It's, exposing the people who are still lying and pretending to be neutral it's it's protecting the uh and and helping the people who gotten screwed over look sometimes we help people get jobs there was another guy who was a conservative and got thrown off of being the hispanic voice of uh one of the i'm, I'm not a sports ball guy one one of the 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 pro football teams in atlanta and it's like all we could do is like give him a whole bunch of, of, of steaks and be like, you know, what? at least you got, at least you got two months of, of barbecuing on us. <laughs> but the, but the third thing is, is helping the, the parlors, the gabs, the remsos, the, the alternate conservative voice out there that we need to build up. And we're going old school because right now the, the hardest way for them to stop us is an email. So mediaactionnetwork.com. We put out a morning newsletter. We we give kind of a hey, here's the the overview of things, and then we always give you one thing like hey, you can do something today to kind of help fight back as opposed to sitting and bitching about it. And that might be sending off a letter to somebody saying you're not a racist, dude. I I, I know that that that's what the media is calling you, but you're okay. Something nice, something nasty. Sometimes we do fundraisers, so it's 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 our way of pushing back. And it's um we have to we have to have this element to America, or we're going to get screwed. Absolutely. Folks, we're, we're out of the theory stage. We're out of the, well, maybe this could happen stage. This is mm-hmm. the world we're living in. So definitely do that. Ken LaCourt, Media Action Network. Everything will be in the show notes today. Thank you so much for coming on the program. Uh, very fun. Thank you, Ramso. Hey, folks, it costs you nothing, but it means everything to me. A five-star rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. It helps us get in those trending charts. It's help, it helps us get our message out to new people. And it just verifies that you're going for the independent sources. You're trying to connect with new guests, ideas, businesses, organizations that are actually making an impact in your life for more of your freedom. So please, a five-star rating and review and share this episode with a friend, your enemies, your family, your lovers, your mistress, whoever, Just share it. And as always, I'll be back on later in the week. Thank you for tuning in once again to On The Run. Be safe. Be well. Good night. I'll talk to you later. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Like the Chris Spangle Show, Liberty Explained, The Brian Nichols Show, The Boss Hog of Liberty, Freedom Strips with Keaton Tucker, On the Run with Rimzo Martinez, Gingerarchy with Trisha Stewart Mann, Upward Libertarian Activism, and now hear this. Tune in now and we're going to help you sound smarter when talking with your friends. 